It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who are the top five players on offense for the Dallas Cowboys heading into the 2023 season? All that more this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. Uh, I'm uh, you know, excited because this is kind of the week that we uh, might actually start getting some stuff out of yeah. uh, out of out of OTAs. But the veterans are are, are mixing in with the rookies, so they're they're at least uh, going to start uh, practicing together. So maybe we get some alignment stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. we get some. Who's out there first stuff, you know, just the very, very, very beginnings of the season kind of uh, uh, starting to take place, which is, you know, it, it sneaks up on us suddenly and it's exciting. And until then, we're going to do some uh, more stuff to start looking ahead to the 2023 yeah. season. Last week, I believe last Thursday, we put together a list, actually Landon's list of the top five players <laughs> on the Cowboys. Just to recap, was Zach Martin, Micah Parsons, I believe CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Stephon Gilmore. Today, we're taking a look at his top five players on offense for the Cowboys with a couple rules. The first rule is we're not allowed to use any of the players that he previously mentioned. So again, it's a top five list of the offensive players for the Cowboys, not including Zach Martin, Dak Prescott, and CeeDee Lamb. We're going to count our way down from five to one. Let's go to number five, Landon, who is... Uh, number five on the offensive list is Michael Gallup. And I think this is, you know, it's funny because we start with, this is a controversial ranking already. This is fun. That's that's what I was going to say. We start at the bottom. So that's probably means that we start with the controversy, right? Because as you get close to the top, there's not going to be a ton of arguing. I am still a believer in Michael Gallup. I I think that, and I understand that this is a controversial, uh, uh, selection here, but I, I think that, Gallup with the addition of Brandon Cooks kind of slots back into a role that he's probably more comfortable with. He's a year away from his injury. And and I, you know, look, I, I think if we had gone through the entire year last year of not seeing Michael Gallup do any of the stuff that he had ever done previously, I would be concerned about his long-term future. But that's not necessarily the case. We saw Gallup, you know, occasionally flashed Michael Gallup of old. The issue was finding any kind of consistency, even at the end of the year, as he had gotten further away from the injury. I think another year removed, another off season gets him closer to, he's still, he's, you know, he's not old. He's still a relatively young player. Another year away from the injury gets him closer back to what he was health wise previously. 
And I think the role change puts him back into a comfort zone uh, that allows him to play the way he had previously. If we get the Michael Gallup we had two years ago, I don't think anybody's arguing with me that he's number five on this list. Uh, and I think that his production uh, will become very valuable uh, uh, as the kind of true, the only real true X on this team uh, and, and his ability to kind of, you know, win the jump ball and, and, and be a valuable third receiver. Uh, I, I think it, it will certainly earn that fifth spot on this list. It's a huge year for Michael Gallup. He just turned 27 years old. Um, you would think now that he's, you know, a full year move removed from the injury, you would hope that this is the year that he starts to play better. And, and like and to his credit, the routes that he's running are really hard, right? He's playing on the on the outside, and it's all the vertical routes where basically you're going to be in contested catch situations. You're not going to get a bunch of freebies to kind of get you going. So I give him credit there. Like that's just a really hard role to play. But I also wonder, like, a lot of his game is based off of contested catch stuff. And that stuff can just be kind of fluky from year to year. So and it's hard to sustain that kind of production and be consistent. So I just don't know. I, honestly, I, I just – he is such an X factor for them this year. But I also don't know if he's somebody that you can rely on at all. Yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, honestly, I think we could do a whole segment on coin flip scenarios, right, where – Guys that, you know, if it goes positively, things could be huge for the Cowboys. And yep. if it goes negatively, it, it could be a huge blow. Michael Gallup, you know, it, it, returning to form would be a huge boon for this offense. Yes. And if it doesn't happen, then your Cowboys are going to have to find a way to kind of work around that a little bit. I, I mean, if it's if it's similar to last year. But I just have a hard time believing it will be similar to last year. I, I think if you if you ask me straight out, which which season do I feel like Michael Gallup will have an, uh, a, a repeat of, or at least which season will look most resemble the most of. Yep. I would say it, to me, I think it's more likely that he looks closer to the player two years ago than the player that came off the injury last year. I, I will say one thing that is concerning for me is one of my favorite stats for a receiver is yards per target. Basically how efficient are you when you're targeted his yards per targets numbers have dropped four consecutive seasons in 2019, 9.8, 8.0 in 2020, which that's the season you're mentioning. If he's that fantastic, that's, that's great. 7.2 in 2021, 5.7 in 2022. I think that was like worst or second worst in the NFL. If they can just get him back to that eight number, eight and a half, they'll be fine. Yeah, and I think a lot of that too. You have to you have to think about is like it's it's a combination of usage plus obviously the injury recovery yep. too, right? So, yep. uh, yeah, I, I agree. If he can get back to being kind of a more you know the third target with more explosive targets down the field, I think that's yep. better for his game for sure. All right, what about number four? For number four, I put this was. I mean, again, the bottom is the toughest spot, right? Like I, I think for number four, I put Tyler Smith. Uh, I just think the value that you're getting, even as a rookie last year, look, if he had come in and 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 play, you know, gone through training camp as a left tackle and then went out and played left tackle the way that he played left tackle, I think he probably would be number five or number six on the list. The fact that you got him to do that while training him all offseason to be a guard, I think shows you the value in this guy. And the fact, again, he is the piece now that is going to make this offensive line right. You know, like if you can't figure out Tyron Smith at left tackle, he's going to, he's going to play left tackle. If, if Tyler Smith is fine, he's going to move into guard. 
and the fact is that you're going to get what you feel like is a high level of play from yep. from that position no matter where he is uh and to me like again we're just to kind of reset the table we are doing this based on where we feel the player is right now yeah you know so does this moment. mean that one of these offensive line other offensive linemen aren't on the list no, that doesn't mean that. Um, no. it's, there is another offensive lineman on the list. Uh, well, I just said, there's, should there be two other ones on the list? Well, I, I think – well, I mean, we've already got Zach Martin on here, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I think we've got one other guy who I feel like uh, is on the list and then another guy that uh, is not on the list that we can have a conversation okay. about. we'll save that for not on the list. Well, yeah. yeah. Let's um, talk about Tyler Smith. So Tyler Smith, again, I just think as a guy who uh, was able to kind of step in and, and do a very difficult thing kind of with a lot of ease, he didn't play as like top five or a top 10 offensive tackle, but he also was probably the only one of the offensive tackles in the league that you know started almost every game in his position without taking almost a single snap at that position in training camp, while also being a rookie, by the way, yeah, who yeah. played at Tulsa. Like I, I, I think it's just really difficult to kind of quantify how difficult what Tyler Smith did last mm-hmm. year was, and so the fact that he's now comfortable with what he's doing, he's a year in that in in the tra- into training as full time player. Uh, I expect a very large leap from him. I, I mean, honestly, I was tempted to put him a little bit higher, uh, but I, I, I think you know this is a, a safe floor for me to be putting him in, with the expectations where they are. I think we're going to see a massive jump from him from I, year I don't, one to year awesome. two. I mean, I, and I know not not every player has a linear progression like Madden, right? Like if you play the Madden yeah. video games, everybody gets better every single year, mm-hmm. right? That's not always the case. However, with Tyler Smith, you can make a really good argument why he's going to make that leap, right? Oh, yeah. For all the reasons you mentioned, played at Tulsa, didn't get to play left tackle in training camp, was playing guard. There was a ton of change at left guard next to him, right? Like they were cycling in left guards all year because of injuries, right? They still might be doing that again this year, but mm-hmm. uh, you would think in year two with him focusing focusing on one spot, which we don't even know if that's the case yet. Like we think yeah, he's going to exactly. start at left tackle, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I I, I got to believe he's going to be really good this year. So I've got no problem at all putting him at number four. I'm really curious though, Landon, to see who comes in at your top three spots. We will get to those guys next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, if you're betting on the NBA, I highly recommend not betting on the Lakers to win nah. the series. Uh, we don't need to talk about that any further, but there's no better place to <laughs> bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, we want to thank you for uh, listening to this show every single day. Tomorrow, we're going to be breaking down Landon's top five defensive players for the Cowboys 
going into the 2023 season. So make sure you tune in for that. All right, Landon, you're at number three. You have. All right. So this is going to be, I'm going to name the name and then the implication about what we've just discussed is going to fall into place and people are going to get very upset, I think. Uh, And honestly, I'm a little upset with myself still. Number three is Terrence Steele. Um, No problem with this at all. Because I think that Terrence Steele has shown that, you know, as he played on the right side, he was one of the dominant weapons that the Cowboys were using to deploy against folks. I mean, there's a reason Mm -hmm. the running game was working so well. There's a reason that they ran behind Terrence Steele when they were running the football. Terrence Steele has become one of, if not the best run blocking offensive tackles in football. Yeah. And I, and look, we can have a separate conversation in a second when we're done talking about Terrence about the fact that I have now, this is the last offensive lineman on the list and Tyron Smith is not on this list. No, can have a whole Yaddish, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl center. No, 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 not so much. Uh, I, 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 but I think that what we should focus on right now is that I, I think the, the conversation, the reason that the conversation about moving Terrence Steele to guard, it was so, uh, I mean, it felt insulting <laughs> is because of what Terrence Steele has done on the right side and, and, and how hard he has worked to get as good as he has. Um, you know, he, uh, we all oh, remember. Did you see that report that that was news to him that he never, nobody asked him ever about playing left guard. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Right. Like, and, and I think, and I think honestly, if I remember correctly, you and I called that as BS when it came yeah. out. Yeah. And, and I think it's because guys like, Terrence Steele is playing really good at tackle, you know? Like, And if they want to get their best five on the field, that's not the way they do it. And I think they know that, right? Like, it's I, the move I, Tyler Smith inside the left guard. And, and I think that this also ties into the conversation about Tyron Smith, right? Is that we all just need to recognize the fact that Tyron Smith is still playing decent football when he's playing. But he's he's not Tyron Smith of four years ago. He's not, he's not the all-pro Tyler. Tyler's yeah, he's not part. physically dominating guys the way he was. He's probably he's you know better than average for sure. But he's think, not, let me ask you a question: Do you think? Yeah. Well, we never even really saw him play left tackle last year, so it's even yeah, hard to say true. that. Yeah. But do you think he's a better left tackle right now than Tyler Smith is? I think that there, there's a conversation, and I okay. think the fact that that's a conversation versus a, you know. Hall of Fame left tackle. I mean, I think he's in the in a conversation for potentially wearing the gold jacket after he's done. Uh, and a rookie tackle just shows you kind of where both of these folks are so in their career. Here's what I would not to interrupt, but I, I would no, say no. 2021 Tyron was better than 22 Tyler Smith. The problem is, yeah, that's the arrows fair. are. Exactly. In the wrong direction. It's just like the Stefan Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs conversation that we'll have tomorrow, honestly, is that, you know, they're like, they're crossing like ships in the night, but one's pointed one way and one's pointed the other way, right? Yeah. Um, So I I think that, you know, look, I I, I just, and again, what are we doing here? We're we're, we're not talking about Terrence Steele. We're we're talking about Tyron Smith again. Let's get back to Terrence Steele. That's That's the problem, right? That's the issue is that, this is not about Tyron Smith. This is about how good Terrence Steele is, right? Yes. He needs to clean some things as a pass protector. That's where the issue is, is that they still need to get him a, a better as a pass protector because he's average to below average at that spot. And that's, you can't have that as no. a tackle, but he's so dominant as a run blocker that he's a weapon on this team to the point where 
again, I, I had to go back and forth a little bit between the Tyler Smith and the Terrence Steele issue, but but I, I just came back to the fact that, honestly, when the Cowboys had their druthers about how they wanted to attack teams, they attacked teams by running the football behind Terrence Steele, and that's yeah. honestly – Throughout the season, when he was healthy, that was maybe the most effective way that they were able to to move the football. Yeah, and the injury is the only thing that clouds things here a little bit, yeah. right? Because if you're just basing it off play last year, it it wasn't comparable between who was the better tackle for the Cowboys. And they showed you that because they ran to the right all the time last year because it was so successful. But I agree. I think Terrence Steele had to be on this list. Three feels about right. Uh, I, I'm, I also saw a report today that Terrence Steele – uh, is ahead of schedule. They expect him to be ready yeah. for training camp. We'll see. We heard the same things about Michael Gallup last year, uh, but it does feel like, or it does seem it's like, easier position to come back from. And it happened injury, earlier, right? right? Steals yeah. happened. And it happened earlier. Yeah, well, week ten, week eleven, or something yeah. like that, where yeah. Michael Gallup was week seventeen. So that's the difference in a month and a half. So we'll see. Uh, what about player number two? Player number two is the newcomer, Brandon Cooks. Um, I think he he comes in right away with the pedigree that we've all talked about. Um, And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's going to change the angles of the offense in a way that, that, that it hasn't by, we haven't had an addition to the Cowboys offense Mm -hmm. like this, that has changed it like this. So um, I, I think that, it's going to allow Gallup to kind of slot, slot into his spot. It's going to take away some of the attention away from CD Lamb. It's going to make things easier, uh, and just by his speed, you're going to vertically stretch the uh, the the defense to provide more room for everyone to operate underneath, underneath, including the tight ends and running backs. So, um, you know, Brady Cooks is a guy who uh, has uh, he has a kind of a very NBA career, right? He's yeah. a good player who has bounced around at a bunch of different teams, uh, just you know, for whatever reason, but not because he wasn't one or not because he wasn't a good player because he is an extremely high end number wide receiver two, uh, who probably isn't a wide receiver one, you know? And, and I think that's where teams have felt like they maybe have mispurchased him, but, but have gotten good. It's, it's interesting, right? Teams have gotten him and felt like they didn't get what they wanted, but got a lot of production out of him still. Right. Like they, mm-hmm. they were hoping for wide receiver one, but instead, they got just the most high-end wide receiver, too, that you can get. The Cowboys got went into this with open eyes. They knew exactly what they're getting from this guy, that he's putting him right where it, where it feels appropriate for his skill set. Uh, and I think he's going to perform for them quite nicely. One of the things I'm really interested to see with Brandon Cooks is he's – I mean, go look through his career. Yeah. He's really never been in a situation where he's the clear number two receiver, right? Like, I'll read through it, like – the last three years in Houston, he was their number one option, right? In 2019 with the Rams, um, that was a little bit of the Cooper Cup year, but Cooper Cup still wasn't the same He still player. hadn't broken out quite yeah. yet. Yeah. 2018, it was him and Robert Woods had almost identical receiving yards. He was the number one in, in New England. 2016, he was the number one with the Saints. Same thing, 15 and 14. Like Now that he's playing with the C.D. Lamb, who is the bona fide number one receiver, I think cooks is going to feast as that number two guy that sees only single coverage it's just going to be a unique spot for him and you mentioned why so many teams move on from him is because he really doesn't project as that number one guy but if he's in your number two role like he kind of was for the rams back in what did i say 20 2018 20, that's 20, the year that he he averaged over 10 yards a target for the rams like he was so awesome yeah, and that's what you're hoping for if you're a Cowboys fan. Is you see all that production, 
you see that when he gets the the kind of downgraded attention that he truly thrives i mean it's very similar to a dante fowler situation right where fowler spent entirely and even was even with the rams right uh dante fowler spent a lot of time as kind of the main pass rusher and focus on many teams and it just didn't find a lot of success there because he was very good but not quite beating double coverage or uh, beating uh, double teams good right you put him into a Robert Quinn. I think we'd be described another that same situation. You put him in the the kind of Robin role to a Batman, yeah. and then that's too that's too much for that defense. They can't. He's he's sure. better than that. He's better than your second corner. He just isn't quite good enough to be uh, facing double teams the entire time and still produce at a high level the way someone like CD Lamb does. So this is a situation where he could really truly produce quite a lot simply because he's in a situation that is favorable to his skill set in a way that he hasn't had previously. He might not have the biggest rod numbers, but I expect him to be highly efficient in this offense, right? Where there's going to be a lot of games where it's six targets for six catches and 82 yards in a score. Like I think that's what we can expect from Brandon cooks this season. So I've got no problem with this one at all. Who is Landon's number one player on offense? Talk about that one next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, so just to recap, we've got Michael Gallup at five, we've got Tyler Smith at four, Terrence Steele at three, Brandon Cooks at two, and remember, no Zach Martin, no Dak Prescott, no CeeDee Lamb. Your number one player is? I mean, obviously a guy that in both of the top guys on these two lists were very much in consideration for number five at the overall top list. Uh, and this was the name that you and I discussed immediately after I, I mentioned my number five being Stefan Gilmore, Tony Pollard. Yep. It makes a ton of sense. Pollard was uh, in, in a lot of ways the focus of the offense outside of CeeDee Lamb. Uh, and at times, maybe even more as much as as a oh, focus yeah. of the offense, yeah. uh, CD Lamb. Um, so uh, you know, th- they're another guy who they're hoping will come back from an injury healthy. Um, he's going to have a little bit of a different role than he had previously. And and you know, look, he, this is something that he has worked his way into over the last few years. Right? They started to increase his load. Obviously, last year the idea was to kind of feature him without overloading him on on touches, giving Zeke some of that. I think that you're going to see Pollard even take another step forward and touches, uh, but with, with, you know, still a heavy rotation to make sure that his body doesn't get worn out by the end of the season. Um, but this is a guy that, you know, has shown to be an explosive playmaking uh, running back with the ball in his hands. He's dangerous. Um, and, and when the Cowboys were lacking of, for big plays in the past game, um, a lot of times you're seeing that they were able to kind of hand the ball off to Tony Pollard and, and mm-hmm. produce huge runs uh, because he was he's just so dynamic and and was so it was able to catch a corner, beat a guy in the in the open field, and, and suddenly would be gone. So having him back and healthy, I think he's going to be obviously again be a major focus in this offense, um, and you know potentially looking for another Pro Bowl, maybe All Pro season if he is able to kind of continue the production. Um, even with more touches and coming off an injury. 
I'm really curious to see how much more his role grows. So yeah. last year he had 232 touches, which is by far the most he's ever had. But if you compare that to like other players that are his size and kind of play in a similar fashion, like I look at somebody like Alvin Kamara, right? Yeah. Alvin Kamara has never had a season with over 250 carries. The most he ever had was 240. And in the first four years of his career, he averaged like, I don't know, 170 carries, uh, you know, a season, but he caught 81 passes. Maybe we'll see something like that where, you know, you're still at 260 to 270 touches, but there's just not a ton more rushing production because they try to keep him fresh in the passing game. Yeah. I won't be surprised if that happens with Pollard, but I mean, by, by every metric, this should be Pollard's most productive season. Like he is going to get taught. He's going to get a ton of touches. Yeah, yeah, and 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 honestly, it's 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 going to be the part where they're really going to push like what are the, the the maximum amount of touches that they can give him while keeping him effective, right? They're well, and definitely... I also wonder like early in the season, how much do they push it? Yeah, right? like yeah. do they try to find out like early in the season, hey, can we give this guy twenty three touches, or are they going to have more of a long term view like? We want him fresh in January. Let's try to keep him around 16 touches a game and not overwork him. Yeah, maybe what they do is they kind of see if they can accelerate Vaughn um, into the situation uh, where he can kind of take that role maybe early into the into season, see if training camp get takes well, see if he mm-hmm. you know performs well. And if so, you can kind of lean into maybe giving him some of those carries early as you're trying to kind of work Pollard back in from injury. But yeah, I, I think it's it's a little bit of an interesting situation where um they they have a guy that they you know want to kind of parse the carries to judiciously, but even beyond that, they need to be careful about what they're doing with him up front because he's coming uh off of an injury. So it might be that you see kind of an abnormal uh, uh, ratio of carries for someone like Vaughn or some other, or yes. Ronald Jones, Ron Rojo Jones, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like I think that th- those possibilities is getting kind of early uh, percentage of carries just as they kind of work Pollard back in from injury. Basically to eat up innings, like in baseball, right? Like, yep. Hey, Ronald Jones, you're going to get, you know, you might get a hundred carries in the first six games of the season and then maybe a hundred the rest of the way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I won't be surprised if something like that happens just so they're not overworking Tony Pollard in September. There's no no reason to do that at all, especially if the Cowboys believe they are going to be a playoff contender again. Yeah, I I, I can't see how you can rank anybody ahead of Tony Pollard here. I think he's just the best player. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, is he the most important? That's a conversation for a different day that we're not going to get into. But uh, your final rankings here, Michael Gallup at five. Tyler Smith at four, Terrence Steele at three, Brandon Cooks at two, and at number one, Tony Pollard. And honestly, I think I agree with every single one of them. The only guy that we talked about a little bit was Tyron Smith, but it's really it's, hard to rank Tyler you know, Smith. You know what it is? Is that it's just weird. It's just weird to have a list like this and not have him on it. It's, you know, it's, 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 and, and really because strange. we've been doing stuff like this for a long, for the entirety of his career. Right. Uh, and he's always been on that list. Number and, one or number two, right? Yeah. Every year. And so it's it, he's just kind of reached the, the the point in his career where he's not he's not the best player on the team. He's not even the top ten players of the well, not not maybe top ten, but not 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 on this list of eight. Off, he's not even uh, the top two players. tackle on his team right now. Yeah, and 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 it's that's weird. you know what 
it's okay. That doesn't mean that he's not a useful or player right. or a starter level player. I think right. he is both of those things. And I think there's still a chance that he comes in and gives you very good snaps, you know, for uh, uh, the majority of, of the season. That's the other thing too, that I feel like we, we, we speak too much is that Tyron played, you know, uh, uh, I think majority of the games last year. So uh, despite having a long-term injury, so yeah. well, once he came him... back, he played every snap, right? Yeah. So it, it, there is usefulness here. It's not like you're, he's only playing two games a season. You yeah. just have to plan for that other time. Well, in, in 2021, I think he played 13 games, I believe. Yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me, which, again, I know you're missing four games, but to play 13 games plus a playoff game means that you did play a majority of the season. So we'll see. We're always crossing our fingers with Tyron Swift right. because you just never know. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure you guys tune in for uh, tomorrow's show as Landon ranks his top five defensive players minus Micah Parsons and Stefan Gilmore. That list is going to be wild because – Yeah, it, it is going to be a little wild. talent honestly. is just ridiculous. It really was hard, honestly. Yeah. So uh, Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.